Welcome to the Crop Insurance Podcast, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of crop insurance. I'm your host, Mike Rydell, a third-generation crop insurance agent, and I'm thrilled to have you join me on this educational journey. At our family-owned and operated business, we've been providing crop insurance expertise for generations. Our goal here is simple, to educate our listeners. Crop insurance can be complex and overwhelming, but I believe that understanding it is crucial for every farmer. So whether you're a seasoned farmer looking to stay updated or a newcomer seeking guidance, this podcast is for you. Let's take a moment to thank some of our sponsors of the Crop Insurance Podcast. Our title sponsor, McNeil Insurance Agency, are probably your greatest insurance agents ever. They specialize in federal crop insurance and have since 1979. To visit their website, go to www.greatestagencyever.com. The McNeil Insurance Agency is a proud partner with the Crop West Insurance Group. Welcome to our third and final installment of the Written Agreement series. In episodes one and two of our Written Agreement series, we discussed the 22 rules that govern all written agreement types, and we went over the 16 different types of written agreements. As a quick reminder, here's the definition of a written agreement. A written agreement is a specialized document crafted to offer insurance coverage for eligible crops in instances where standard coverage or rates are not accessible. Additionally, it serves the purpose of adjusting established terms and conditions within the crop insurance policy, but only when explicitly sanctioned by the policy itself. The authority to approve, deny, or decline written agreement requests rests with regional offices acting on behalf of the Federal Crop Insurance Corporation. If you're new to the podcast, that was our Crop Insurance Podcast AI, and what it's getting at is that a written agreement not only allows you to get coverage for eligible crops when standard coverage isn't available in your area, it also serves the purpose of adjusting the established terms or adjusting your policy to benefit your growing operation within the rules of the written agreement types. So there's different ways to get crops insured if that's not available in your area, or if you have a situation on your farm that you need help remedying, a written agreement is a great way to do that. The goal of today's episode is to go over the final six pieces of the puzzle for the written agreements to help you better understand the entire process. Number one, deadlines. Now this one's pretty obvious. Federal Crop has deadlines for all aspects of the crop insurance policy and process. Written agreements are no different. The deadlines set by the federal government in the written agreement handbook are to be followed. They're not flexible. It's not something you can dance around. The deadline is the deadline, like with all federal crop deadlines. The only big piece of advice when it comes to written agreements and deadlines is to not wait until the last minute to submit your written agreement to the regional office. Because if there's something they find in there that you're missing or a change that needs to be made in order to get your written agreement accepted. If you wait until the last minute, you might not have time to go back and forth to try to get the written agreement accepted based on their recommendations. So I always recommend you get it in as soon as possible and work with your crop insurance agent to find out what those deadlines are. Number two, required information for new and renewal written agreement requests. When it comes to the required information for new written agreement requests, the criteria that's required may vary depending on which written agreement type you're going after. 
But for the most part, all written agreement requests need to have a request for actuarial change form, which is just simply a form that your crop insurance agent can help you download and fill out. If you're using any sort of production information or history, you have to have that current year's completed APH databases set up. You may or may not need an evidence of adaptability that can come from a local agricultural expert, depending on what type of request you're going after. You'll also need to have the legal description of the land where it's available, so sections, townships, and range, aerial imagery of it, the FSA information, your CLUs, so you have your farm, field, and track number. Again, all things that your crop insurance agent can help you map out with your AIP software to help submit that with any sort of new written agreement request. Now, when it comes to renewal of written agreement requests, the first thing you have to understand is that not all written agreement requests are continuous until canceled. They may only last a year. And so at the end of that crop year, at the next applicable deadline, you're going to have to submit a renewal written agreement request. Now, a lot of that same information that was in the new request will be required in the renewal, but it'll be a little easier to fill out because you have everything from the previous year. The biggie is you'll just have to update the current year's production history if that's something you're using. But again, a lot of that information is kind of a copy and paste from the previous year, so it should be a much quicker process. Don't wait until the last minute to submit that paperwork because from year to year, there can be changes to the written agreement handbook. And so you may have to come up with new information in order to get it approved. Number three, AIP and RO, responsibilities. What's nice about federal crop insurance is within the written agreement handbook, you can see what the responsibilities are for the AIP and the RO. With the AIP, they're responsible to review all of the written agreement requests to make sure that all of that required information is provided, it's legible, and it's compliant with the rules. They are also responsible to make sure that it's timely. So with your crop insurance agent, you can work with your AIP to make sure that you have all of the relevant and necessary information within your written agreement request before you submit it to the RO. In regards to the deadlines, the official submission date of your written agreement request isn't the day that you send everything to your crop insurance agent. It's the date that your AIP uploads the written agreement request to the RO system. That's the day that counts towards your deadline. Once your AIP submits that written agreement request through the RO system, you now get into what the RO's responsibilities are. So one of the first ones is they are responsible to record the date that the written agreement request is considered received by their office. So this is important if you're running up against any deadlines. They're responsible to record that date so that everybody can see when they receive that packet or that information. Once they record that date, then the RO is responsible to determine if you are timely within the deadline, if the type of written agreement request you're applying for is appropriate, and that all the required information is in the packet and that it's legible. For any written agreement request type that's received prior to 15 days after the written agreement deadline, they can then check to see if there's information that there's missing 
They can also check in their system to see if there's some of that information already in their system from another written agreement request. If they have that information, they can then help you use it in your written agreement request to try to help you get it approved. The other responsibility that falls on the regional office is they need to notify the AIP if there's any missing information so that the AIP can notify you so you can start to get some of that information in prior to the time running out. Now, when they are going back and forth, they're going to put your written agreement request on a a status known as hold, which means it's pending further information. As long as it comes back timely, they'll review it. Now, if it doesn't come back timely, your written agreement request will be rejected. Number four, RO review timeline. Once everything is officially received by the regional office, they have 15 days to get back to you to let you know if it's approved, denied, or on hold pending any further information that they might need in order to try to get it accepted. So the turnaround is fairly quick when it comes to these written agreement requests. Number five, non-acceptance procedure. Well, dang it, your written agreement request has been rejected. So what does that procedure look like? Well, the RO is required to send the notice to your AIP when a written agreement request is not acceptable or it's been rejected. And then the AIP must provide that notice to you. Now in that denial or rejection, the notice must state the reasons why the written agreement request was not accepted. Now your AIP, once they are notified, they have seven days to let you, the producer, know after receiving that denial or that rejection from the regional office. In the written agreement handbook, there is a list that goes over the reasons why a written agreement request could be denied. It's a very long list. Depending on what type of written agreement request you're going for, that list may vary, but they will provide for you in writing why your written agreement request was denied. Number six, acceptance procedure. Congratulations, your written agreement request has been accepted. So now what does that look like in terms of going from acceptance to actually into your policy? Well, the RO will send a notice to the AIP whenever a written agreement request is accepted. Then the AIP's responsibility is to turn around and let you, the producer, know that it has been accepted and they will present the written agreement offer to you to sign off on. It's very important to note, just because your written agreement request was accepted by the RO doesn't mean that it's in force. You still have to review the written agreement acceptance offer and sign off on it to send it back to your AIP, who in turn has to send it back to the RO by that 15-day buffer period. And again, those same rules and deadlines are still applicable. The acceptance offer still needs to be signed off on by the accepted deadline. Now, if you read through the written agreement handbook, you will see a scenario where the AIP could elect to not accept a written agreement offer that the RO has accepted. Now, I have not seen that scenario happen, but it could potentially happen. And within the written agreement handbook, they go over the necessary steps and guidelines for the producer to go through arbitration to try to resolve the situation. I hope that you found this written agreement request series helpful. I know it's a very high level view of how the process works, 
and we didn't get into too many specifics because we don't know what type of written agreement request you're actually applying for, but this should help you get a general idea of what are the rules that govern all written agreement requests, what written agreement request types are there, what responsibilities lie with the AIP and the regional office, along with yourself to help you try to get a written agreement request approved to help out your operation. At the end of the day, written agreement requests are there to help your operation mitigate risk if you have a unique set of circumstances on your farm. From my family to yours, thank you very much for listening. I sincerely hope that this presentation has been instrumental in enhancing your understanding of federal crop insurance. If you find value in our podcast, we kindly encourage you to subscribe and spread the word among your friends and neighbors. To access further information, please visit our website at thecropinsurancepodcast.com where you'll find the latest podcast episodes, articles, and exciting new features conveniently located in one place. This information is not all-inclusive and is meant to be used only as general guidelines for educational purposes. For additional information, please see Crop Provisions, reference the Crop Insurance Handbook or Loss Adjustment Manual, or contact your crop insurance agent. This institution is an equal opportunity provider and employer.